0: Hey there, fellow DVC staff and students. I'm Michaela, And I'm Sneha. And
1: we're your hosts from the DVC Toastmasters Club. You're listening to the DVC TM Podcast, where we talk about all things personal and professional development to further our public speaking skills.
0: As always, this is a safe space for the purpose of uplifting our DVC community through insightful and exciting conversations.
1: With that being said, let's
0: get rolling. All right, so to start off the podcast, um, so why don't you introduce yourself, where you went to school or where you graduated from, what you're doing now, and feel free to mention your major too.
2: Cool. Hey, everyone. My name is Alec Lee. Uh, I graduated from UC Berkeley in 2020, uh, where I studied business administration. Uh, I'm actually a transfer student. I went to Mission College, West Valley College and Evergreen Valley College in the South Bay Area. Uh, Currently I work as a business consultant uh, at EY.
0: Nice, congrats. All right, so the second question is since today's episode is centered around overcoming imposter syndrome, can you share what defines imposter syndrome for you and how you interpret it? And then feel free to throw in any personal experience if you feel comfortable.
2: Yeah, so I define imposter syndrome as sort of the inability to believe that you earned your accomplishments or that you did so legitimately and just sort of doubting that your achievements are deserved um, right, yeah. even though they even though they are and this feeling of fraudulence that you know we don't deserve this uh position maybe over someone else maybe when we got a promoted or something like that or got a job and whether that be in school or the workplace or whatever environment you might find yourself in I think it's it's prevalent and a lot of people end up talking about it. Or if they don't talk about it, they feel it a lot. And I, I think there's no single answer as to why people feel imposter syndrome. You know, it could be it could be outside your control and just that you don't feel like you belong due to external factors, maybe uh, your background or the way someone looks, honestly. And part of this is, you know, society trains us to sometimes deflect praise. Um, I don't know if you've uh, experienced this before, but if someone, you know praises your work you're just like oh no this is a team oh no you life. put it down you're like oh no it's not
1: that yeah. good it's like you yeah, right yeah you know,
2: a lot of people see that humility as a virtue almost and sort of downplay their own achievements in a way and i think this adds up over time um, and can really get inside your head yeah and i think you mentioned uh some personal experiences right so uh coming as a transfer student uh, i went from community college straight into UC Berkeley to study uh, business administration. And, you know, that was a dream. But that, but at the same time, like imposter syndrome definitely kicked in. Now, I started comparing myself to my classmates and these classmates were at UC Berkeley since their freshman year. And now these classmates were the ones who had perfect SAT scores. They interned for companies already in their first two years at Berkeley. You know, they're part of these prestigious clubs and campus and the list can go on and on and on. And all I saw in me was someone who got rejected to Berkeley before I was a freshman, I worked a retail job and I went to community college. And now I'm thrown in the same classes sitting next to these quote unquote, big shot continuing students, right? And it, you know, this has followed me to the workplace. Um, when I started work, um, one of my fr- my first project was, was actually in technology consulting, but I mentioned I'm a business consultant and I was thrown right into work with like a huge technology team and expected to know all these languages and stuff. and Like the language they use was SQL. I had no idea what that even stood for. And I just felt like, why did they choose me to do this? Why? why (laughs) did I get here? Yeah, how did I get here? And why am I so behind? And I felt that I had so much catching up to do. But, you know, part of the journey is just realizing that you're there for a reason. And, you know, you should feel validated by that.
1: Have you been able to overcome that imposter syndrome that you said you felt upon transferring? And if so, how did you go about this and which resources did you turn to, if any?
2: Yeah, so one of the ways in which I personally have been able to overcome this imposter syndrome over time, of course, it does not happen overnight, is right. to have conversations with those that I felt I was an imposter among. So I always felt, initially I always felt apprehensive, and like, you know, that fraud feeling among these continuing students at Berkeley. And that is, that was true until I just started talking to them. I think having awareness through these conversations is one of the most powerful weapons that you can have against uh, imposter syndrome. So what I mean by that is in my classes, I always felt like, you know, um, maybe I wasn't up to par or like I knew less than my classmates. But when I really just started talking to more and more of these continuing students, what happened was that as much as I felt that I was learning from them and catching up to speed, I slowly realized that they were learning just as much from me, from my own diverse experiences in community college, right? They spent X amount of years at UC Berkeley learning one one style and doing their things their way. But for me, I probably got different life experience and different um, uh, academic experience through my community college journey as well. And being able to see that, hey, there's value in what I bring to the table that isn't just solely defined about what... I feel like I'm missing is one of the things that helped me overcome this. And seeing that people were way more welcoming than I thought they would be, you know, some people were like, whoa, you're you're transferring. Isn't that even harder than coming in as like, you know, coming here as like a non-transfer student and stuff like that. And it's like, I didn't really think about that because I just had this perception and I acted on it. And that might be the story of a lot of other people who feel that way
1: absolutely absolutely what would you say to an individual who believes their imposter syndrome is hindering their achievement of their long-term goals right if someone feels that their imposter syndrome is really affecting them so strongly such that they can't even move forward in their lives they're not feeling this immediate success and that itself is stopping them from pushing themselves further
2: yeah i think uh this is an interesting question that uh i thought about for a while um but to flip this question on you, I think I'd say congratulations to them. And you might be confused, <laughs> but I don't actually think imposter syndrome necessarily hinders ch- achievement of you know long-term goals, but rather imposter syndrome is a symptom of growth. So um, what I mean by that is, let's put it this way. Um, I know this is a podcast, so you can't really do this, but visually imagine this uh, for you listeners out there. All right, let's do get- this. Um, all right. Imagine, imagine there's a graph, okay? So... Close your eyes if you need to. <laughs> the,
1: on the x-axis, like regular, like XY yeah, y-axis. Yeah, x, y-axis. x, y, <laughs>
2: we're, in qu- we're in quadrant one, okay? Those, all right, um, one. all right. Math geniuses, we're in quadrant run. okay? Uh, there's an x-axis, and that's a measurement of time. So as we go to the right, it's a progression of time. And on the y-axis is a measurement of growth. You know, the higher up we are on the y-axis is the more growth we're feeling and growth. So basically, it's growth over time. Right. Now, that growth, whatever it may be defined as for you, can be different for every person. So what happens when we grow very fast and we're doing a great job is that we grow in an exponential way. Now, imagine an exponential curve going up. So that means as X, as X increases, as time increases, we're growing more and more. It's this curve. But our brains don't like to think that way. Uh, our brains don't like to think in that exponential way. Instead, it pulls information from our past, what we know has worked, and it projects it forward in a linear way so it's just a straight line going diagonal up and now we have two lines one curve going straight up pretty much over time and one just going diagonal and this exponential curve is above this linear curve uh when people meet us they perceive us to be on a point on this exponential curve where we've grown a lot but in our own mind we think we're still on that linear line that's under that exponential curve now what do we call that gap between the exponential um, the point of a ex- point on the exponential line and the point on the linear line? It, that's imposter syndrome. You're actually growing so much faster, but you just don't think so. Mm-hmm. So I think step one is ultimately understanding ultimately understanding why we feel that way. Sometimes when we feel that imposter syndrome is slowing us down, rather uh, rather than you know we, we embrace it and continuing and continue to fight this step by step to get to our long-term goals i think a lot about uh, a lot of what imposter syndrome is it is in our head but until you bring it out and take it step by step you really don't realize how much you've actually achieved until someone else really tells you and uh you accept that for a fact so yeah
1: that was dude i have to say that was such a beautiful way of putting it i mean yeah, over here we're here like we're shocked we're like what else do we say but thank you so much for imparting that upon us that was wonderful moving forward what advice would you give to someone who feels as though they failed and constantly allow rumination to take over meaning all of this negative self-talk
2: it's a good question um so with so hmm, let's think about this one a bit so you said um could you repeat the question just uh
1: what would you tell someone who's like hey man i failed nothing's really working out in my life all i can think about are all of these you know negative emotions and i'm surrounded by negativity and i really don't know what else to do or where to go from here
2: yeah i think um This is kind of harsh, but I think the real failure, if you continue from this point, is to continue letting yourself feel that way. I know it's not easy. It won't happen overnight. But imposter syndrome can be so damaging when we let it occur consistently to the point where it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy, meaning like you actually start to underperform because of the magnitude in which you think that you are an imposter when you're actually not. Um, I think a lot of my advice today is based around the the fact that it's awareness is a big step of it and that awareness is just always downplayed by other factors in their life so um you know i think talking to people is always a great thing and i mentioned earlier um where i talked with the people that i felt like an imposter around um you never know because i'm sure most of the time those people who are in that who are in the positions that you admire or um, you feel that are above you, they might be feeling the same thing. And that that is just a reminder that, you know, everyone can go through these different uh, feelings of imposter syndrome, but at different levels, at different times of their careers, and in different ways and carry out whatever action they do in different ways. But what's going to work for you is going to be uh, going at the pace that you feel comfortable with uh, I think that there's no one, there's no one antidote that can just share everyone's, um, I guess, imposter syndrome.
1: Right, and I also uh, think it's really important to note that beyond behind all of this surface level um, stuff and beyond like what you can see on the surface, we're all the same underneath, right? We're all human at the end of the day, we make mistakes. We all face different challenges to get to, like you said, you are a community college transfer into uc berkeley whereas when upon entering you saw there were kids who were already there from their mm-hmm. freshman year and that just goes to show that we may all have a different way of doing things and what one person defines as success for him or herself may not be the same in another person's eyes so so I exactly
2: think that's that great. is exactly true and i think the perception is that sometimes you're in these in these rooms with other people and you think that what you define as success is what they define as success too and that's usually never the case, because everyone has different passions. Everyone, some people excel at things they don't even like. Right, (laughs) some people
1: don't even figure out what their passion is until they do something they don't like.
2: Exactly, and that's okay. It's all part of the growth process.
1: Absolutely. All right,
0: so since you're talking about the growth process, um, what do you believe is the most important thing students must practice in order to push themselves and overcome imposter syndrome?
2: Yeah, um, this ties back to what I've been preaching, but the number one thing is to talk to people. I'm a believer that imposter syndrome is tied to something called uh, pluralist ignorance. If you don't know what that is, in short, it means that it's the false impression um, of what is is having the false impression of what you think most people, most other people are thinking. So you think that they're thinking something else, but in reality, they're not. Uh, believing that you're in a minority when you're actually not. Um, More often than not, someone you talk to might have gone through the exact same feelings that you are. I think that um, the most important thing that students can practice is to uh, find ways in which you can build confidence. Uh, For me, it was doing business case competitions in college. And I can give some, um, I guess, context to that. Uh, Coming into um, UC Berkeley, I really wanted to pursue consulting um, as a career path. Um, And... A lot of my continuing student peers, you know, they spent their sophomore summer doing participating in leadership programs with these firms and uh, interning at these boutique consulting firms and I come in as a junior in the summer barely even knowing what consulting is, I felt like I was so behind and when I started to apply to these jobs, I felt that this imposter syndrome was even portrayed on paper because on my resume, like I didn't have these experiences, right? So I took it upon myself to create these opportunities to find ways to build my confidence. Uh, and for me, that was doing these case competitions, which is um, basically a company comes in and they have they have a problem. And you form a group and you sort of design a solution for them. And I started doing really well in the, these, and you know I started getting my footing. And over time, I just continued improving my craft because it was something I was super passionate about. And you know, um, it, just, it just made me feel better and it was in a way related to the career I wanted, wanted to do. And eventually it led me to, to have more opportunities to showcase what I had to offer to these different companies. Uh, another thing that I think you, people always forget as a student is you're a student. You have so much flexibility in the world. You can change your mind to, uh, on your major and the next day you can be something else. And you're able to take so many chances because there's such a flexible backbone in becoming a student, right? You, you're not working yet. You have time to experiment. So take that time, take those chances in which you really want to explore something and see if things are for you. Another point I, I have on this is that uh, more like something you want to practice in your mind is uh, this analogy uh, of imposter syndrome. I think a lot of people feel like when you feel like imposter syndrome, you're hiding behind maybe a mask, this giant mask that everyone just sees that mask. And we think people look at us and they see that mask that we hide behind, that facade. But the reality is that this this mask is just something we make up in our unconscious mind. And it doesn't exist when people look at us. I think people really see us for who we are truly already. And, you know, they're smarter than we think. Um, and they don't see this facade. They see us for who we are already. And from there, people will either accept you or they won't. But at the end of the day, I don't think it matters because you should have the confidence to pursue what you want, regardless of what people think of you.
1: Right. That, um, this, that as, we, as, as we um, come to the end of our conversation, I think this is even a great segue into our end. Uh, do you have any parting words you'd like to give our community here at ZBC? Yeah. In you know, the summary of main points that you covered today or anything that you'd like to tell us not even DVC, just community college students in general.
2: Yeah, I actually have a lot of points. Should I just go through them? Like Oh, let's no. hear it. I love like, it. I it. I this is what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a there's a little framework that um, I I use for myself in my head when you know I go through when I go through or someone else goes through and they come to me, they feel like they've lost motivation for their you know academic or professional careers. Um, I think it's important when you feel imposter syndrome to do a few things. It's, you need to isolate the emotion from the problem and sometimes take a look at it from a logical perspective. Um, from a logical, logical perspective, you might want to explore the awareness of why you think you might be quote unquote failing, whatever that might be in. Um, and sometimes the passion and motivation behind why you do something isn't the hard part, but it's the execution and the hardships that come with that execution, right? So um, this framework um, is, I call it, isolate, evaluate, and activate. So it's three different parts. Um, I'll use an example that uh, might resonate with a lot of the listeners back home. Uh, maybe it's being rejected from a lot of jobs that you applied to. Uh, I think it's emotionally hard to keep receiving rejection after rejection in your email. Trust me, I've, I've did been not there. feedback. Yeah, uh, if we isolate that emotion and we take a look at the logical reason of why we think we're failing, you know, um, are we? What are we doing wrong? Is there something that we can improve in? That's the evaluate part. After we isolate it, we evaluate. Do your research, figure out ways in which you can improve, talk to people. You know, for this specific instance, are we submitting the same resume that we've been submitting for the last 100 jobs? Is there an error that we didn't catch? You know, what is that that we need to do? And then the last step is activate. You wanna carry out those actions that you evaluated and grow one step at a time. Go that extra percent every single time and, You know, it's not going to happen overnight. We said that a few times already today, but it's going to be that continued process of consistent growth. Um, That's the first point. I think uh, another point I have, actually, to go back to consistent growth, this is a little, I don't know if it's a meme. I don't know, memes these days, right? Um, But uh, imagine this. Uh, It's a little math again. If we take one and put it to raise it to 365th power, what do we get? Oh, well, no. guess I never know that. We get one. Yeah, we get one, right? So one is our normal. Now, imagine if uh, every day that each exponent is, um, you know, representative of one day. Instead of one, we do 1.01. Every day, we just do that 1% more. So if it, we it put 1.0, it's just going to keep... Yes, and it keeps increasing exponentially. We get 37.8. No, that's a 37 times increase by just putting that 1% a little more every single day of the year. But it's also a reminder that we have to be consistent in our efforts to at least stay to the normal uh because what happens if we take away that one percent and we do 0.99 0.99 raised to the 365th power is only 0.03 so i guess this little example just reminds you to like go that extra mile when you can because if you aren't going to fight for yourself who else is (laughs) i think
1: Um, oh that was such a beautiful ending
2: (laughs) Uh, who said that's the ending? I still got a few more points if you're open ears. <laughs> hey, uh,
1: I mean, hey, we're open to hearing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, guys... hope, hopefully, I,
2: ho- hopefully I don't bore you by the end of this episode. No, but we're like, loving I feel this. Like we're
1: loving this. Whenever
2: I give advice, it's just a culmination of everything that I've heard before. Um, and just sort of like, I, I read some leadership books. I watch some like, you know, inspirational videos and just sort of like had this idea of like, hey, hey here's some quotes that are that are good that you should give to people when they come to you for advice so words you
1: know, of wisdom we
2: love yeah, it words of wisdom i should write a book and you, just, a book. <laughs> you <laughs> know
1: why story. not write a book do that
2: yeah. okay so the next one is beef is a comparison of joy um you know i i i'm guilty of this but comparing myself to people that i feel like are my peers and saying hey they got the job and i didn't or like they scored high but i didn't you know you should instead of looking at the fact that you didn't do as well as somebody else and whatever measure that might be that might not even be valid look at how much you've grown and how much you've com- completed yourself and see how much more you can come i guess how much more you can complete um yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna learn uh you're not gonna do uh, how do i phrase this you're not gonna well i guess you could learn more by looking at others but you're gonna be in such a better mindset if you appreciate how far you've come yourself and what you've done uh, before taking a look at others. Uh, and here's the last thing I'll leave you with. Um, it's something called uh, the Tarzan method. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Have you? I've heard of it. So uh, I think it's made popular by a YouTuber called Casey Neistat. I don't know if you've heard of him before. Kind of somebody's vlogs. This cool videography <laughs> guy. Anyways, um, it's the Tarzan method. So. Do you know who Tarzan is?
1: (laughs) I know who Tarzan is. Tarzan,
2: yeah. Where does Tarzan live? The jungle. The jungle. So we're going to use this analogy. Uh, Again, listeners at home, you can close your eyes and visualize. Imagine Tarzan on one side of the jungle, on the left side. And on the right side is the other end of this jungle. And what does this represent? Uh, Point A to point B. So point A is Tarzan. Point B is the other side of the jungle. This side, point B, represents our hopes, our dreams, that dream job that you always wanted, that goal that you've always tried to achieve, but haven't gotten there yet. And we're trying to find a way to get from point A to point B. And I think a lot of the time, people think that there's just one straight way to get from point A to point B, as if there's just one vine that can take you from point A to point B. And that doesn't exist. I'm sorry to break it to you, but it doesn't. And if we keep selling in the mindset that we think this exists and trying to go for this thing that doesn't exist, we hurt ourselves in the long run. But rather, there's a lot of trees and there's a lot of vines in this jungle. So how does Tarzan get to point B? Well, he grabs on to the vine that's right in front of him. And the thing with vines is that they don't swing right to point B. They swing left, right, up, down, in every other possible direction. Everywhere but where you point need B. To be. But even though... Everywhere but you want to, where you want to go. But even though it's going in a completely different direction, even though you're going right, you're still swinging a little bit forward every time, right? You go forward, right, and you grab onto that second vine right in front of you. You swing all the way left. But in swing left, you still swing a little bit forward. And you continue, continue, grabbing left, right, up, down, moving a little bit every time, moving a little bit forward every time. And eventually you reach what do you reach. You reach point B. You reach point B. Yeah, but what what is the purpose of the Tarzan method? I think the Tarzan method is going to tell you that even though you reach point B, it's the left, the rights, the lows, the highs that you've gone through, which really matters. Because sometimes by the time we reach point B, we've explored so much on the journey there that what we truly want has been figured out before we even got to point B. And that might just shift The whole narrative, and that sometimes we think we know what we want, but until we try every other possibility, we don't know yet. And it's just that constant reminder of grabbing that next best vine in front of you, doing the minimal, at least the minimal you can, and you know possibly going even more to do better than you did yesterday, to do better than you did last week, to do better than you did last month, and grow and grow and grow to find who you truly are.
0: Enjoyed what you heard? Looking to get involved with Toastmasters Club at DVC and develop your public speaking skills? Find our link tree on Instagram at dvctm where you can join our Slack page and hear about our events. We meet Wednesdays at 5 p.m pacific time and hope to see you all there. Thank you all for listening today and stay tuned for what to come.